coordinated strike. Welcome to Coordinated Strike. Happy New Year, as always. I'm your host, Joe. We made it. It is 2019. The other side is beginning to hit store shelves. We are starting to see releases for the game pour in. And it is a very exciting time for many of you. You are getting ready to wrap up your holiday season, get back into the groove and flow of your hobbies, get into the height of the hobby season, particularly if you're in the Midwest of these United States. And, you know, there's starting to be snow on the ground. Uh, it's starting to be cold. The weather calls for beer, whiskey, and, of course, wargaming. So the other side couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, obviously, it could have. It could have come on time. But we are well past that. So now we are starting to get into the retail phase of the game. Uh, we're beginning to expand the game in that fashion. And for those of us that backed it on Kickstarter... Obviously, we have a bit of an advantage. There's a bit of a lag time between the rest of the world catching up to the point that we're at, uh, in many cases, from a model perspective. Although the Weird is doing a pretty good job of having a fairly accelerated schedule uh, to get everything released out uh, over the next five, six months. So it is an exciting time. It is a great time to begin those uh, Tides of Battle leaks. Uh, you can find the free league document uh, at Weird dash games.net uh, and go ahead and click on the uh, click on the other side and you can find the lead document under the tides of battle uh, definitely check that out if you have not before um, additionally we are only a month away at this point a little over a month away a month and eight, nine days away from the very first uh, convention level events for the other side uh, that I will be hosting at CaptainCon. So definitely sign up for that if you haven't already. Spots are going very quickly. Uh, as of recording, we are at only six spots remaining for our Friday evening event. That's out of 16. We've already got 10 sold. And on our Saturday, we already have six sold. So only 10 remaining for the Saturday event. Uh, again, 16 places for those. Each player uh, for those events will receive... Um, a set of objective tokens that are specific to the event. Um, so you get a nice little memento that way. There will be prizes for uh, best in faction for each of the factions, each of the allegiances. Uh, additionally, we will have prizes for first through third. We will have raffle prizes uh, for everyone. We'll have placement trophies for first through third. And we will have a best painted award uh, specific to it. And, of course... Uh, in Grand Tradition, we have secured two bottles of fine Irish whiskey for each of our last place finishers for our spoons in uh, each of these events. So even if you lose, you win. So a lot of, lot of support for this event, a uh, lot of excitement from me as the organizer of it. I am very excited to see what you guys are bringing. Uh, it is a one commander, uh, 40 Soulstone or 40 script garrison event. Um, so the garrison rules are directly in that Tides of Battle document. Uh, they're also available directly on the event listing. 
um, at CaptainCon, uh, or you can email myself directly. Uh, if you have any questions, one of uh, my dear friends, uh, Michael Cohen, actually was able to take that Garrison PDF, uh, do some magic behind the scenes on it, and turn it into a workable Excel document uh, that'll actually help you build your Garrison um, freely. You just need to contact myself, and we'll get you the link for that. Um, that was sent out if you've already pre-registered uh, for either of those events. That was sent out um, about a week ago at this time. Again, time of recording. Uh, and we will make sure as more people sign up to that event that uh, we will be sending that out again as well in a, in a refresher reminder. So I am looking forward to seeing all of you at CaptainCon. Please come by, say hi. Uh, I will be there for the duration of the event. And I am looking forward um, to meeting and beating all of you. Um, okay, the beating is probably a stretch. Uh, I am I am bringing some reinforcements uh, from my fair state, uh, my long-term gaming buddy. Uh, Al will be coming out with me, so very excited to uh, to have him as there him there as well. So there will be a lot of a uh, lot of representation out east uh, from our uh, our local gaming group. So really cool to see, really cool to see um, Captain Khan. Uh, embracing the event, really cool to see the Northeast embracing the other side. And so kind of today's topic is going to be sort of the obligatory uh, New Year uh, type episode. So this will be our first one of these. We'll get better with them as we go along through the years uh, in the other side. But I like to go ahead, particularly the beginning of a game's life, and I really look at this as sort of the, the start of the game's life in general because it's the first time it's reaching a retail audience. So it is going to be reaching people that had no idea this was a Kickstarter game or maybe saw it in passing, those type of things. And because of that, we as early adapters, uh, we as early backers, maybe we are toss curious. Uh, maybe we're listening to this and this is our first exposure to it because we saw um, kind of our expose in the Weird Chronicles. So I want to thank Weird for for having us in there in what uh, turned out to be their last issue of the Weird Chronicles. Apparently that type of content is going to become more web-based as opposed to being a downloadable PDF. Uh, so I'm sure that they will keep that type of content going forward as they always have. But this is going to be another evolution for their uh, online magazine. So it's kind of cool to kind of cool to see, kind of cool to be a part of the last hurrah of the Weird Chronicles as they kind of grow and evolve as a company and as a way to distribute their media. Um, doing things like the Weekly Waldo, I think more touches uh, over time in terms of you know getting smaller bits of content more repeatedly is a better way to go than waiting two months to produce these um, webzines. Uh, I would much rather have something a little more immediate, something on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis, as opposed to having to wait two months to get little scraps and tidbits all together. I'd rather have it in uh, in a more continuous form, but maybe not uh, more coherent form, if that makes sense. So I think they're doing a I think they're doing a smart thing uh, with that evolution. So here we are with the other side, and I am incredibly excited for it. We have been playing it a ton, and now that we have the models, we have been playing with our models at the shop, and every single time we are out there playing, we have people coming over, looking at it, looking at the models, being very excited. We have been starting to do some demos uh, for the game, starting to get those more scheduled out, and we're going to be starting to do 
uh, demonstration on a regular basis. And I encourage all of you as well to be doing that to help grow your base of hobby, um, help grow excitement for the game as a whole, because that's really what 2019 is going to be all about. It's going to be about growth uh, and building the community as a whole. So we started out as a as a Kickstarter. And when you start as a Kickstarter, you have all the, all the pitfalls of Kickstarter. And of course, other side went through every single one of them. Um, my poor brothers and, brothers and sisters in Europe are still experiencing that for a very large part. And I hope that everything gets settled for you guys very rapidly. So everything that I say here is in context with understanding that Europe has gotten a raw end of the deal on this. And I expressly apologize because it could have been any one of the other zones. Uh, and unfortunately, it was EU that um, is getting the is getting the, the the bad feels of their stuff hasn't shipped out from the distributor point. Weird had already sent it months ago, but it hasn't been sent out from that distributor point to the backers prior to retail release. And so I understand entirely how feel bad that is. Um, I had a very similar experience with. Um, with a, another game system, um, Drop Fleet. Drop Fleet Commander, virtually everybody, including the United States, had theirs before I got mine. And uh, I was a very early backer. So I understand entirely the frustration uh, that can come from that and the, and the liaise that can come from that situation. So it is frustrating. I do apologize. And I do feel for every single one of you uh, in, in Europe that is still waiting on your backer kit as of time of recording. So I do hope that it comes to you quickly. I hope that you get it. It is awesome, and you can start enjoying uh, all of this stuff as much as I am, and that this episode becomes more relevant to you uh, once you have that in hand and have kind of calmed down. So I do uh, do understand and appreciate that. So let's go ahead and get into the rhythm and flow of this episode as we talk about 2019, uh, a building year, uh, the starting year for the other side community, in your local game store, in your local club, in uh, your gamosphere as possible, as a, as a living, breathing, working game. So let's talk about the starting points. So for many of you, we are Kickstarter backers. So we got, we got a ton of goodies all at once for a very strong deal. And as of it hitting retail... The retail deal has become more attractive uh, in some ways almost than what we had at Kickstarter, at least in terms of the add-on. So there was a little bit of a price reduction across the board. Some things were a little bit cheaper to manufacture than they had initially thought, uh, which they did adjust in the backer kit prior to launch. Uh, and then, of course, if you go through um, certain, certain parties, uh, online sales normally being what they are, uh, there are abilities to get um, some discounted product uh, if your local store isn't uh, being supported initially out of the gate. So there are some ways to get the product pretty easily and very affordably, uh, which is awesome to see uh, simply because it helps grow player base and can help get buy-in, especially in the, in the early phase of the game. So... Essentially, right now, uh, what I would recommend to anyone is, especially as we start into January, February, is starting to get uh, those demonstration days going continually at your store 
And then building up, once you have a, a little bit of a group of two, three, four, you know, five people, go ahead and, and get a league together and, and get, uh, get a Tides of Battle League going. And the primary reason for this is to help grow the game over the time frame uh, that you're going to be playing it. So and essentially we're all going to start out at the one commander level. This is just the realities of it being a new game, of the commanders being tied to later releases, and it's sort of the release schedule. So right now if somebody's coming in and they had no, no Kickstarter and no Kickstarter access, they're going to have access at this point to a single commander that's going to come in the starter box. And they're really going to have the starter box and a few additional add-on things that they're able to get at this point, dependent on their faction, dependent on their allegiance. So with that in mind, I think the, the Grow League is a fantastic way to go about getting games of the other side in, helping build and establish your community, and getting those uh, checkpoints in for helping to grow the hobby and, and helping to grow this particular subset of it. So it's about demonstration. 2019 early is going to be about demonstration. And then it's going to be about organized events. And Tides of Battle League are, are a tremendous way to do a, an organized event. They let you start to play the game, explore the game in a very easy, low-key manner. Uh, the League Kit uh, does a, a fantastic job of walking you through setting the league up, um, expanding your forces as walks you through that entirely, how, how it would normally start to ramp up. And you can kind of make that time frame however you want it to be. So if you're, if you're looking at a monthly cadence of release, uh, a league as it's constructed is going to get you through, based on your timing, about one and a half months of releases. So you're going to have some slow growth initially early, and then later on, you're going to be able to ramp that up more with your second uh, grow league. Uh, or you could go ahead and space your timing out. You go to three weeks per section as opposed to two. And then it goes ahead and you've got two months worth of releases you could potentially include in your garrisons from that point. So just some things to consider as you consider running your first few events. And I would definitely look at the league system as the way to kind of grow your forces. And both your forces in terms of your own personal collection as you're coming into it, or if you're starting another faction, but also to grow your forces in terms of player count and player base. Uh, leagues are a great, great way to get people in the habit of coming into the store, playing that particular game on a particular night, and having a lot of fun doing it in a little bit of a reduced um, competitive environment. The intention of the Tides of Battle League is not to be hyper-competitive. There are the intention of the league is to kind of explore the game, do cool things, get rewarded for doing cool things, paint your force, and continue to build up your force. And most of the achievements in the league are built around, hey, did you play a game? Cool. You get some points. Cool. Did you paint something this week? Awesome. You get some points. Did you expand something this week? Were you able to make a purchase? Cool. You get some points. Were you able to get a new unit fielded that you hadn't fielded before. Cool, you get some points. You know, it's it's mainly about growing your particular space in the hobby, not necessarily purchasing more stuff, but just kind of growing what you already have, 
getting it painted, getting it expanded, and getting it on the table for you to be able to use, and you know, playing different opponents, that kind of thing, and not really results-driven at all. Uh, the real result is that you're simply playing games, and that the league doesn't really give you too large of a bonus for winning or losing games. It gives you bonus for playing said game, uh, which I think is very important. I think it's really good to have, particularly in a Grow League document, uh, a bigger focus on the exploration of the game, the utilization of the mechanics, the, the doing cool things as opposed to posting results for the league itself. Now, the next thing that you're going to see after you get some demos going, you start building your group, you go ahead and have a league or two, and you start building up these forces, you're going to probably want to go ahead and have another style of event. Maybe you want to have a couple games uh, within a day. Uh, in many ways, this would be a tournament. And by all means, the other side is a phenomenal tournament game. It is, it is built and bred. Uh, to be a very solid, very streamlined, competitive experience for players. That does not mean it is D-Bag Alley. Uh, and I do not want it to become that. And I don't think that this community will allow it to become that. What it means is our rules are fairly clear. They are structured in such a way to allow for rapid resolution of the rules in a very clear and concise manner and they allow for and are built for good tournament play so that you're able to play them in a, a given time frame very easily you're able to get a series of games in over that time frame without too much of a mental tax or load and, and you're able to do so and execute in a very friendly manner so at the end of it you're not exhausted and you have enjoyed your experience of playing multiple games, regardless of your result. Uh, but you are able to achieve a very clear result of who has won and who has lost on that particular day. So, I am a big fan of tournament play. I, I am. It is what I am all about. As a player, as a person, I love tournaments. I love organized play in that fashion. All of that said... As we begin our journey into organized play in 2019, I think it is very important to have a good understanding of your community and your players as you start to get into organized play, and particularly tournament play. And one of the things I think is incredibly helpful is how you structure your particular event in terms of prizes and those type of things. I am a big believer in raffle systems for the actual bulk of your, your prize load. Uh, the reason that I am for raffle systems is it provides incentive for everyone to continue to play and to continue to have fun as opposed to just those that are better at the game than others. And the reason for that is it... I think that if you win, you should get a cool trophy. And so my prize support for the top end of events tends to be a cool-looking trophy that I get from either DIN trophies. Uh, they are not a sponsor. They're just who I utilize uh, because you can get some cool trophies for fairly inexpensively. Um, you, can get, you can get something made. You can get something custom. I am a big fan of 
individual trophies for placement. And I am a big fan of doing the actual prizes, aka not the trophies, to the field. So it's possible that if you win the trophy, you might get a, get a, get a random door prize, or playing the event, you might get a prize. And just kind of doing it that way and spreading it that way, I think, gives you a greater incentive for people to show up, even if they're traditionally not the strongest players, but they can enjoy being around, uh, being around everybody, having a good time, having the chance at winning something, even if their results uh, were not the best. Uh, I like recognizing the player that unfortunately had the worst day. Um, and I like doing so in a, in a good manner. Uh, my spoons tend to be actually fairly good things. Uh, if you see it, as you see in Captain Con, uh, we're doing a whole bottle of whiskey to that particular player, uh, provided they are of legal drinking age and that they want the whiskey. Um, you know, so I, I like to do things like that for my player base, uh, for my event base, because I think those things are fun. Um, I have tended to come in some events uh, last place in a lot of different systems, and I prefer the systems where we kind of reward that behavior. Um, additionally, I am a big fan of rewarding painting and making sure painting is rewarded uh, throughout the game. I am not a fan of making painting mandatory. Uh, that is not where I derive pleasure is saying that you have to be painted. Uh, I am much more a fan of let's reward painting, and then if people wish to be rewarded for it, they'll go ahead and change their own behavior and, and decide to be a part of it as opposed to paint shaming um, going forward. So that's just kind of just kind of my thoughts on that particular particular part of it, because I know some people start to, to get um, dizzy in that when we start talking about competitive play and, and turn off. And I don't want people to do that, particularly as we're starting to grow and starting to build this really from the ground up. And I think it's important to make sure we're casting our net as wide as possible, particularly early with the other side, to get as many players in, get them hooked, get them enjoying what they're doing, and then we can start to become a much more competitive game set afterwards. Not that we're not competitive at the start, but... We're all learning this game. There hasn't been an actual tournament of this game yet. There hasn't been multiple events. There is no meta for this game. We're still waiting, on a retail perspective, for 80% of the things you can play in this game. So not all the combinations are available yet. There's no, there's no meta. There is only what we're able to do. And it's going to be very exciting at Captain Con to be coming in to a completely foreign environment that I have studied and built and worked on uh, from a playtest side for a very long number of years to finally see it out in the wild and to finally get it with a group of players uh, with divergent taste, uh, divergent um, understandings of the game, divergent collections, getting them all in one place, Setting a setting a time limit on the game and going, this is what we're doing for the next few hours. We're going to play three games at this pace. At the end of it, we're going to go ahead and count it all up and see who comes out on top. And we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun doing it in the interim. And so that's what I really want Captain Con to be. I want Captain Con to be about exploration, 
um, the game, the tournament game in general. Uh, and then, of course, in March, we have Weird's first official tournament for the other side. It's the first time they'll be running events proper for the game, or any of their games, actually, uh, will be at Adepticon. And they will be running. Uh, they will be running all the weird events at Adepticon, including the other side events. So really cool to see them uh, be utilizing that. They're going to run a one commander tournament as well. Uh, again, their their thoughts same as mine. Um, as the game is still fresh, and the availability of two commanders is not uh, going to be extreme by March. Let's go ahead, run a one commander, get everybody's feet wet in the system. And then we can start uh, evolving the system as the year goes along uh, in terms of what you're able to play, what, uh, you know, and, and getting to that two commander meta. So there's some quirks with one commander that I want people to be aware of. It's a little more recess, a little more resource restricted game, uh, simply because you don't have as much resources at one commander as you do at two commander, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and because of that, there is uh, a little bit greater punishment that is natural for misallocation of those resources. There's a little more forgiveness bump in two commander as opposed to one commander. In one commander, a, a mistake can be fairly catastrophic. And it can be subtly catastrophic, but that... Mis misuse of resources when you don't have many is amplified. And so I want people to be aware of that as they're playing the game and understand you're not going to win every single game of the other side, even if you are the best player in the entire world for it. And by no means am I the best player in the world for this particular game. Uh, and one should not even consider that at this point. There's nobody that is that great at this game yet. Uh, it is brandy new. So... Even if you played for a very long time playtest-wise, there are still things we can all do and can improve on. Additionally, this game has a lot of points where it can just kick you right in the face and you not do anything wrong. It's sort of the beauty of the game. It's one of the things that I think elevates this game and makes it greater to mass appeal is that... Part of this game that you have to get really good at is understanding when to walk away from investing um, actions into something, investing tactics tokens into something, when you just need to pull back your, your plan. Because the planet, the universe is telling you that plan is not going to work. And it's doing so in such a way by having your deck kick you in the face uh, or having, you know, primarily your deck kicking you in the face. And that can just happen. Uh, dice happen and cards happen. And cards happen a little more in the other side than they ever did in Malifaux if you're coming from Malifaux background. Cards can happen in Malifaux. They're going to happen about one in every 50 games. There is a distinct possibility you will have card streaks in the other side that you would never experience in uh, Malifaux simply because of how much fewer cards you're drawing into your hand. And that reduction in draw really has a large implication on the control that you can exert as a player. And so it's a lot more about mitigation 
and luck mitigation in the other side than it is in Malifaux, where Malifaux is about proper utilization of those resources, those known quantities, those known cards. The other side is a lot about how do I prevent these cards from being bad for me at this point or being catastrophic for me at this point, okay? Black Joker is the only thing that really stops me from doing anything here. Okay, I have a tactics token that means the Black Joker doesn't mean anything to me. I am mitigated. My result is mitigated here. Whereas if I have a known quantity in my hand, it becomes a point of do I use this card now or do I use this card later? And that can become complicated in the game very quickly just by one or two things happening in a small sequence of events. So I look forward to seeing how people sort of decision that out and play through those type of things as we get into the first part of the year and we have our first two conventions in the United States with Adepticon, with uh, Captain Con and Adepticon. Of course, at the same time Captain Con is going on, there will be Bones Con in the UK, which will also be having the UK's first the other side events, and that's going to be run um, by David over there. Very excited to see how their results match up with ours, if at all. I am always excited to see how different areas and different events uh, are going to go, and and sort of see how they how they react and and play through everything as as we move forward within the game itself. So that's that's exceedingly exciting to me as a player of this game and of games in general. Um, and have been, having been a tournament player for a very long time uh, for various systems, I am always intrigued by how different areas and different regions play their events and, and utilize their events. And one of the things that I've kind of been contemplating doing for locally as we start to get into doing our demos and growing our player base is I kind of want to see what the reaction would be, at least locally, to doing some more story-driven stuff. Um, one of the things that I miss a little bit about some of the other hobbies, uh, some of the other game systems, in particular, uh, sort of the 8,000-pound gorilla in the room, is that they were always very good about having rich, detailed worlds that you can kind of set everything in. And I definitely see that the other side lends itself very easily to that. Uh, I'm very excited to see that we're just kind of put out alternative missions already uh, that are more in a story event mode. And it's something that I'm kind of considering doing. It's just kind of having play days where we do a couple of link games within... Uh, the context of these sort of story events and kind of run those alternate um, alternate uh, operations uh, that may not be suitable for competitive play, but I think could be really fun uh, with the right group of people, uh, with the right understanding that this is kind of supposed to be a little kooky and a little little more on the fun side for uh, for the game itself. And so I think that would kind of be fun, particularly to kind of maybe cap off a league um, as you move forward is just kind of have one of these story type events. Uh, or, you know, if your guys are finding that you're more competitively minded, you know, if your folks are more competitively minded, then go ahead and, and run a smaller tournament uh, for the game. And nothing's stopping you from doing all three. 
Uh, and so I encourage you to run as many events as you can for the game. Get it out there. Get it exposed. Get it get demonstrated to as many people as possible. Because that's really how this game is going to grow and mature. Uh, and no amount of, of podcast or YouTube is, is really going to achieve that type of growth as much as you going into the store, playing it, demonstrating it for people, showing people that it's fun, uh, and then getting them into playing it. Uh, simply because you were there kind enough to run a demo for them. They had a lot of fun with that, and then they were able to get uh, a game in on the following weeknight uh, or a couple weeks later, uh, and then they were able to you know, maybe get into your Grow League uh, and start collecting the hobby that way and, and getting into it. And remember, this is a very easy game for people to get into because really the, the amount of hobbying in this game comes down to can you stick it on a base? And we can argue about, you know, the, the filling things or those type of things. You've got to look at it from somebody coming fresh into miniatures. And these people do exist. Um, we had a lot of them come over for Malifaux in, in a lot of ways. And I see a very similar place I can draw players from for this game uh, in particular because it, there's no hobby aspect to it in, in a real sense. There's no um, there's no having to build the figures. It's just getting the figures onto the base and then getting the figures moved about. And that's fairly easy for people to comprehend. Um, it's a lot easier than trying to get people to attach guns or arms or those type of things or having to spend essentially a few hours prior to playing the game where with this, they can spend less than an hour getting everything onto base, and then they're able to play very quickly. So your time to table is dramatically reduced, and when the time to table is dramatically reduced, I think that's a very good thing for getting new players into the game. Uh, so I'm talking, for when I'm talking new players, I'm talking players that haven't really played a miniatures game before. Maybe they've wanted to, they've been prohibited by cost, they've been prohibited uh, through something else. They're gamers, and maybe it was just they don't like the aesthetic of, of other games that are in the market, and this is one they're finally liking the aesthetic of. Uh, you know, They're starting to transition away from some of the card games that they may be playing, those type of things, or they're looking to expand into something else. This is a very easy game for those people to get into because they don't have to have the background knowledge of model assembly to to be able to play this and to be able to enjoy it and to enjoy it quickly. So I want you to kind of think about that as you're, when you're doing your demonstrations and when you're doing your events and kind of vary the audience that you're, you're doing them to, if you're able to, if there's a, if there's a card night one night, it may be worth a shot to go ahead and, and do some demos during that time frame. Um, if there is, you know, maybe an event with some uh, some younger folks. This may not be a bad game to demonstrate to some younger folks uh, on the whole because it's very easy for them to get into. It is a great value for money in, in those terms. Pretty easy rule set-wise on the whole. And so it's not difficult from that perspective. Uh, you know, and it plays really funly. You know, it's really fun to play. Uh, on the whole. So, I mean, 2019 as a whole, I see as a tremendous opportunity for growth. 
throughout uh, the game. And the way we do that is ourselves. That is absolutely how games grow, is they grow organically and they grow through their player base, they grow through their, their cheerleaders. Uh, and they, they, you know, they grow through that exposure. And that's, that's really how you get player bases in your particular area. Is you go ahead, you start championing it, you start demonstrating it, you start getting people to buy in, and then you start growing your community and you start running more events. And it, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that works very, very well. It has worked before. It will work again, and it's going to work extremely well with this because this is a fantastic game. The other side is absolutely phenomenal. I love the game incredibly much. I wish all good things for it. I am looking in so many ways forward to. 2019 for the growth of toss for the growth of the community as a whole uh, to see the game evolve from single commander into dual commander as we start to release more and more um, content for it as we start to get more players into the game i am very excited i am very hopeful and very optimistic about the game as a whole and I think as a whole, and I think on the on the on the all, I think 2019 is going to be a far better year than 2018 was, uh, for all things considered, for the bulk of uh, game companies, for the bulk of you know people, and definitely for uh, everybody in concern to the other side because it's already in it's already in stores now and it's starting to grow and we're starting to see more stores pick it up. Starting to see that from online vendors, seeing online vendors start to pick it up. And that is a very healthy, strong sign as we get into the first few waves of release for the game at the retail side. So that is that is extremely exciting. I look forward to playing this game with you. I look forward to seeing you if you're going to be coming to Captain Con. I look forward to seeing you. Please stop by. Please say hi. Uh, more than happy to chat, more than happy to get a game, and I will be bringing my stuff with me uh, to play. Uh, I will be playing in the event, so I am excited for making this uh, one of the best events of the year for the other side as the kickoff event. Uh, I have a lot of pressure on myself for that. We have uh, done a lot of things, Michael and myself, to ensure this is going to be a very strong event, a good kickoff for it. Uh, in the Northeast United States, in the United States as a whole. Uh, I am sure Dave is doing the same things across the pond for BonesCon. And I look forward to seeing you all at events throughout the country for the other side. Uh, I want to go ahead and just kind of talk about uh, the show going forward. The show is definitely continuing. Uh, I love it. And we're going to try and get back to the pace that we were on previously, which is about a once-a-week uh, release schedule. Holidays are very hard for me. Uh, I have young children, so with that comes a lot of expectations and a lot of time sinks for Dad. So I do apologize for not having content out um, prior to the holiday uh, and just getting it out now. So I do appreciate all of you listening to the show. I am very excited for it. I'm very excited to continue to do this going into the future. Very excited for 2019. On the whole, I think it is going to be our best year yet. For uh, myself, uh, I'm going to do a lot of things to try and improve that and, and make that a reality in my own life. Uh, I hope that you do that for your life as well. Just go ahead, do what you need to do for yourself and for your family uh, to be the best you that you can be. Uh, and 
I'll just kind of leave it at that. That's, that's my dad advice for you for this year is make 2019 the best that you possibly can by being the best you possibly can and whatever that means to you. So if there's something you need to do, do it. If there's something you need to stop doing, stop doing it. Uh, you are the master of your ship. And as soon as you realize that and you take the wheel, things can get better for you. So I give you all uh, great wishings, great tidings. I hope your holiday season was awesome. Uh, if it was not, I hope the rest of your year is way better. And I look forward to continue doing the show for you uh, and having a lot of fun talking about Toss, playing the other side, playing Toss with all of you at events as we continue to grow this hobby and grow this particular little corner of it on the other side. And remember, if you have a tactics token, you can make a coordinated strike. Stop me now. Don't stop me. Cause I'm having a good time.